If you didn't know, today is Pentecost Sunday. So this is the day in the Anglican church calendar when we celebrate God pouring out his spirit uh, on the church. And so I thought it would be good for us to have a a one-off sermon looking at that. We just got to the end of our sermon series in Acts. I'm going off on paternity leave uh, next week for a few weeks, Lord willing. So um, let's think about what it means to be a spirit-filled community here at Inspire St. James. London can be a lonely place. Um, I was reading on the My London website this week of a 31-year-old Londoner reaching out on Reddit for help, and this is what she wrote. I've been feeling so, so lonely in London recently. I feel it's hard to connect with people, and sometimes I don't even know if there's a purpose to it all. A lot of life feels like work, home, occasionally see friends, and I'm starting to feel dead inside. I don't know if it's because I'm feeling painfully single and whether a relationship is the end solution to all this. Does anyone else feel intractably lonely in London? I also cry out onto this website asking for help. I mean, I don't know how you would answer that question. According to the statistics, a quarter of people in London would answer yes to that question. I was chatting to someone just the other week, um, lives around the corner, lives on a stage, said she's been living there for 40 years, but people are moving out, people are moving in, and just over time, over generations, she says it feels that there's no sense of community there anymore. Third of Londoners apparently don't know their neighbours. When we first planted Inspire back in September 2013, we were meeting in the YMCA building on Errol Street, about 116 to 25 year olds living there. And I remember chatting to the, the manager just one Sunday and saying, you know, how is it that most of these teenagers have ended up at, at the YMCA? And she said, family breakdown. Incredibly tragic. There is a desperate need for community. Today, here, in London, and while some people are very doom and gloom about it, you know, it's just getting worse, nothing we can do about it, and politicians seem pretty at a loss of, of what to do about it, there is real hope for us in this passage. As we see the Holy Spirit feel the church and these new believers and give this richness and depth and intimacy of community, which as you heard it right now, it is something to behold. And here's the thing, you and I can experience it too, even here in London, amidst all the busyness, even the long hours in the office and not much hours sleeping, we can experience this same spirit-filled community Today, So let's see how. Come with me to the passage now. First thing to see is a community united in Jesus Christ. This is the motivation. This is the power. This is where it all comes from. Verse 38. So this is the end of Peter's Pentecost sermon. And as he comes to the conclusion, he says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, into the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who unites us and unites them together into this wonderful community that we see played out in verses 42 to 47. I don't know if you've ever had that experience of going to a party, some social event, you don't know anyone there, you're trying to like meet people, say hi. It's all like very superficial, the conversation's hard, it's just a little bit awkward. And then you meet someone and it's like, oh, you share something in common. No, like a football team you both support, um, a book you love, a film you love, and, and suddenly you feel this connection, you feel this bond, and the conversation starts going. Have you ever had an experience like that? I mean, how much more then do you imagine the depth of bond to be when you consider what you and I share as Christian believers? We share the same Savior and Lord. 
who has forgiven our sins. We share the same heavenly Father who loves us, each and every one of us, as his precious children. We are equally indwelt by the Holy Spirit who lives in us, unites us together, wants the fruit of the Spirit working out in our lives. You and I share in the very life of God in Christ. And if there is any doubt in your mind to just how rich and deep and profound this is, just think of some of the things Peter has been saying about Jesus Christ in his sermon. Verse 22 Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him as you yourselves. There's no one else like Jesus Christ. Here is God himself come to earth, the very meaning author of life. The English author, historian H.G. Wells once said, I'm not a believer, but I must confess, as a historian, that this penniless preacher from Nazareth is irrevocably the very center of history. And this is who you and I know. This is who we're in relationship with. This is who we are united together with. And reveals God to us, takes us to him. Verse 23, this man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. This is a reference to Jesus' sacrificial death. All part of God's deliberate plan of salvation, of humanity, from sin and judgment and death and hell. And to be a Christian believer is for us to share in that salvation, to share in the Savior. You know, we know what it is to be convicted of our sin, feel the the burden, the guilt, the weight and shame of our sin, yet also to experience the joy and freedom and love and forgiveness and grace of Christ. So rich. People often say, don't they, that they about the bond they feel if they've been on a long or hazardous journey with someone, you know, through all the shared experience, the ups, the downs. For us to walk together with Christ through life is the most profoundest journey and experience of all. Verse 24, but God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death. Here is a reference to Jesus' resurrection, the glorious hope that we share in. Resurrection life and the new creation the renewal of all things. You and I are going to know each other for a very long time. The psychiatrist Carl Jung once described death as a fearful piece of brutality. There is no sense pretending otherwise. A human being is torn away from us and what remains is the icy stillness of death. There no longer exists any hope of a relationship, for all the bridges have been smashed at one blow. The agony of death. And yet Christ has conquered death. And if we're trusting in him, we have that hope too. The bond we share can never be broken. Do you see, do we see the bond we share in Jesus Christ? Do we see just how deep 
and profound and rich it is. It doesn't just affect a part of our lives, a shared football team, a shared book, or a shared film. It affects every area of our lives. That is what is going to lead to a genuine spirit-filled community. It's unity we share in Christ. The author, A.W. Tozer, once put it like this. Has it ever occurred to you that 100 pianos all tuned to the same fork are automatically tuned to each other? Now, I'm not a very musical person, but I heard this little fork. What do you mean tuning to a fork? You know, a tuning fork that makes that note. And then you tune each of the pianos of the strings. So if you tune every single piano to that tuning fork, they are all linked together as well. And he goes on to say, so 100 worshippers met together, each one looking away to Jesus Christ, are in heart nearer to each other than they could possibly be were they to become unity conscious. Do you see what he's saying? He's saying there's a depth, there's a richness, there's a profundity of unity and relationship within the Christian church, the like of which cannot be found anywhere else. No matter how unity conscious you are. And people are very unity conscious today. We're saying people are crying out for community in London. Let's solve it, let's try it, let's meet together, let's do something, let's put on events. But perhaps we don't realize just how deep this problem is. As one social commentator put it just last week, Western society in general is becoming increasingly polarized, fragmented, and ungovernable as everyone adopts their own meaning in life and moral values. And the result of this individualism is the decline of all human communities, institutions, neighborhoods, and families leading to greater isolation, loneliness, social instability, anxiety, and depression. Now, I'm not sure if you'd agree with that quote or not, whether you think that's a little bit extreme or not. But the point is this, if we're living for ourselves, our own sort of meaning of life, creating our own meaning, our own moral, that's, you're never gonna get a really deep, rich community. We're just gonna keep rubbing up and bouncing up off each other. But when the Holy Spirit convicts us of our self-centeredness, convicts us of our selfishness, leads us to Christ as the very meaning of life, his moral values, and we attune our hearts to him by faith in him, his love, his grace, so we automatically will start being attuned to each other. And we will start to have this community and build it up again and have less loneliness, less fragmentation, less polarization, less arguing, and a genuine rich Christian community which affects not just here, but the wider society too. A community united in Jesus Christ. But what does that spirit-filled community look like in practice? Secondly, a community devoted to each other. And this is verses 42 to 47. Let me read them to us again. Listen to this, the early church. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day 
They continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. It's an incredible picture, isn't it? Everyone cared for. No one forgotten about. Everyone welcome. No one in need. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teacher because this is one of the main ways we keep our hearts attuned to Christ as we listen to the Spirit's voice who speaks to us today through the revealed world. The apostles' teaching, the New Testament, the prophets' teaching, the Old Testament. Wouldn't it be wonderful if every one of us here devoted ourselves to God's word given to us here in scripture. You know, reading it regularly, meditating on it, committing it to memory so the spirit just brings it to mind in the moment, spurring each other on to live by it in all areas of our life, not out of sense of duty, not out of sense of, but, but just because we really believe that in here are the very words of life, that here is the truth that sets us free. There is words more precious than gold, that this is all the guidance and leading we need for all the complexity of life today. Be careful to apply it, living it out together. Can you imagine the depth of maturity, spiritual growth, shared knowledge and experience of God we would have? They devoted themselves to fellowship. Such a joy for me every Sunday. I look out the 11 a.m. service, the 4 p.m. service. So many people from so many different backgrounds, different nationalities, different languages spoken here. Male, female, young, old. Different personalities, different ages of life, stages of life, different experiences, different teams you support, different books you love, different fields. But all united together in Christ, coming together on Sundays. People come in, oh my goodness, why would I have such a diverse group of people together? Let me tell you, it's Jesus. He does this. He brings us together what he uniquely does. I praise God for the diversity here, the way you care for each other despite differences, the way you love one another. And it's a wonderful thing. Let's keep it going. Let's have more and more of it. I mean, my goodness, what do you make of the challenge of verse 44? All the believers were together. They had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had a need. Now, for those of us who don't have very much, you probably like the idea of that. Sell your flat, give me some money, right? And those of us who have a lot, this is really scary. Takes you absolutely ages to get on the property market. Most people don't, and then you've got to sell it. Just to be clear, there is nothing forced here. Okay, this is voluntary. You don't have to give everything away necessarily if you become a Christian. You can belong to this church here. You don't have to sell your property. We know that because of verse 46. They were meeting together in each other's homes. But let's not downplay the challenge here. Such were their hearts attuned to Jesus Christ, his love and sacrifice and generosity to them. So they were attuned to each other with that same love, same generosity. And when people had needs and it came up, they moved out in love to meet them in any way they could. And everyone had in common 
Can you imagine how comforting and reassuring it would be if every member of the 4 p.m. service here could know that if something difficult happened in life, if a disaster hit, something went wrong, then they could absolutely count on someone else here to be there for them, to help them, to pray for them, to care for them, to finance them, if need be. And some of you do that, I know that. Imagine if every single one of us could have that assurance. They devoted themselves to the breaking of bread. A reference here to the Lord's Supper on Sundays. A reference also to hospitality and sharing their lives together outside Sundays. Eating together in each other's homes with glad and sincere hearts. I know a couple who not long after they moved into London, they asked their neighbours around for a meal. A dinner one evening. And they had a really great time. Got to know their neighbours really well. And at the end of the evening, the neighbours who got invited over just said, you know what, we've been living just next door for, for eight years. We've been living in London uh, around about for 15 years. And this is the first time anyone has ever invited us over for a meal. And they hugely appreciated it. It's huge just for their relationship and getting to know each other better. Do not underestimate the power of, of just sharing a meal together. Doesn't have a particularly flash one. You get a takeaway if you want. Beans on toast, that's what you get if you come to mine. But just the time to, to, to talk together, to get to know each other some more, to enrich friendship, relationship. Would we be a church that's devoted ourselves to the breaking of bread? They devoted themselves to prayer. Prayer, talking to God. But talking to God together, praising God together, confessing our sins together, pouring out our hearts and our concerns and our needs to the Lord together. I don't know about you, I actually find it easier to pray with other people and because it stops my mind getting all distracted with all the other things and I'm more focused and it encourages me to hear them praying as well. I get a little insight into their walk with the Lord and it helps me too. I know for as a staff team we have greatly valued Starting each day, praying together, and actually praying for you, right, as the church family. And it has united us together, and I hope you feel a deeper connection to us and the church family, knowing that you, every single one of you here is prayed for at least once a week, and sometimes more. And just imagine the increased sense of togetherness we would all feel as we're doing this more and more experience, and answered prayer more and more, saying, how can I pray for you more and more? We're asking for it from others. And this deeper sense of fellowship and community in the unity of the Spirit. So here is what a genuine Spirit-filled community looks like. Now, at this point you say, Mark, this was 2,000 years ago. Life was much slower back then. People lived much closer to one another back then. This is very idealistic and it's doesn't apply in the same way to us today here in London. And look, I hear you on this, right? I take, I take the point. Really important, whenever we're apply, reading scripture, we need to apply it to where we are today. I'm not saying it needs to be exactly like this. I'm simply asking the question, okay, so what does it look like for us in our context here in London to have this spirit-filled community where some of you are living in the parish, some of you are coming in from further away. We're working really long hours. 
How can we do it? We are filled with the same spirit. We are called to this. How is it going to work out? One thing I think we do need to reckon with is the rampant individualism that permeates culture all around us and I think it's not too strong a thing to say, will have affected every single one of us. There are so many messages coming at us, either consciously or subconsciously, that life is to be found in living for yourself. Put yourself first. You do you. If anyone is causing any issues in your life, forget about them, ignore them. I don't know if you saw the TikTok prankster, Mizzy, who was arrested for going into people's homes whilst a mate was live filming it to TikTok so they could see people's reactions. Mizzy went into this library, picked up a book, and just started ripping it to shreds. And the librarian came up to him and gently asked, hey, do you mind not doing this? This is a public book. This is for other people. He says, who gives a bleep about other people? Now look, that is an extreme example. But the more we live for ourselves, the more selfish we are, the less we care about other people, the less community we will experience. Western individualism, in many ways, has massacred community in this country. And that's simply because the two don't go together. A lot of that drive to individualism comes from the belief that you and I need to establish our own identities, that we need to prove ourselves in the world. We need to get enough TikTok views to feel happy and satisfied. And that is why we have to keep coming back to Jesus Christ and the bond that we share in him. You and I don't have to create our own identities. Jesus Christ has already given it to us for free. Same Heavenly Father, same Savior and Lord, same indwelling Spirit, precious, beloved, forgiven children of God. It is the most precious identity in the whole universe. It can never be taken from you. It is given to you from free. Receive it. Don't try and build and create another identity. It's going to be far worse. And we don't have to prove ourselves because we are already loved and accepted in Jesus Christ and his acceptance of us is so secure because it's not based on our moral performance, our ups and downs, but on Christ's perfect performance, his perfect life, his sacrificial death. If you are trusting in Jesus, there is nothing you can do to make him love you anymore. There's nothing you can do to make him love you any less. You are free from the games that so many other people are playing. And we can actually commit ourselves more to other people. So let's attune our hearts to Christ such so we're attuned to each other so we see more of this richness of community. Another factor that we need to reckon with is the realization that we can't have it all when life is so busy in London. And I think we learned this lesson through lockdown. I mean, how many people were saying when we were forced into lockdown that it helped you to really reflect on like, what really matters in life and what's really important and it's family and it's friendships and it's people and it's church family and what are all these other things that I was filling my time with which really don't have that much importance or relevance. We need to prioritize Christian fellowship. We probably don't need to go to every social event, every sporting event. We probably don't need to go away 
and every bank holiday for fear of missing out. They devoted themselves to each other. That is such a strong word. I mean, you devote yourself to the thing which you think is most important, that which matters most. And there is nothing more important than living the life of God in Christ and sharing that experience with the body of Christ, the church. And as we do prioritize it and do lean into it and get more stuck in, even when there are personal costs to ourselves, let's have realistic expectations. We look at verses 42 to 47, we think, oh, how wonderful, how idealistic it is. Even back then, rivalries, factions, hypocrisies, immoralities, heresies that broke fellowship and caused disunity. So we'll see the same things here nowadays as well. But when those things happen, and when the selfishness comes out, and our own pride comes out, and we fall out with people here, or hurt people and spoil things. The wonder of Jesus, the wonder, just come back to Jesus and his forgiveness that he offers us in Christ. And be quick to say sorry and be quick to forgive and be reconciled to one another and let's continue to build and be a part of this spirit-filled community here at Inspire St. James. And not just for ourselves, but for the wider community and the city of London. Verse 47 They enjoyed the favor of all people and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. May it be the same with us. Let me pray that for us now. Let's pray. Father God, we thank and praise you for the gift of your spirit that we celebrate on Pentecost Sunday. How you've poured out your spirit on the church who unites us through faith in Christ and to one another, who not just restores our relationship with you, but unites us together in this incredibly rich bond. And Father, we want to live out more and more of the spirit-filled community we see here. Help us to be devoted to the apostles' teaching, devoted to fellowship, devoted to the breaker, devoted to prayer, that we may grow deeply in you, have this rich, genuine, deep community and fellowship such that when others come, they think, wow, yes. And wow, we would want to say monthly, weekly, but daily, people would be added and saved. And we ask it for Jesus' sake. Amen.